Hey everybody, welcome to the Mary and Tom show. I'm Tom. I'm Mary. And this is our show. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, uh, over the weekend, we kind of went to a cheese tasting? Sort of. What happened is we were watching a television program, um, The Great British Bake Off on Netflix. And uh, they're talking about you know, stopping into France to get some cheese. And I was like, oh, we can't go to France to get cheese, obviously, because we're in America. But uh, we really like cheese. I thought may maybe there's like a cheese tasting around. I, just, I felt like we should just go somewhere and try different kinds of cheeses. And I did a Google search for, you know, cheese tasting. And this uh, website came up with this uh, cheese store. The cheese a, lady. Yeah, a specialty cheese shop. And... Uh, they had scheduled for, you know, two days hence, uh, which was Saturday, uh, a cheese tasting, cheese and wine tasting. And we thought, well, we'll go to that. I mean, I don't drink wine. I don't drink anything alcoholic, but, you know, I'll eat the cheese, sure. So we went to this free cheese tasting, but we got there, and the people in the store had no idea what we were talking about. So I think whoever runs their website did something goofy or... They have these events scheduled every week automatically. I don't know. So we went there expecting to have, you know, different types of cheeses that were picked out to go with certain wines or whatnot. And that wasn't really the case. It was more like going to a deli. Like, yeah, I'll try this. I'll try that. So we did try some cheeses. And uh, we told Richard Berg uh, on Facebook that we would explain what, what cheeses we had. So this is us that's doing that. Hi, Richard. Uh, what cheeses did we have, Mary? We had a Gouda. We had a Gouda. And we had a Blue. Those those were in competition. Yeah. They've got a competition going. And that day mm -hmm. they had the um, uh, a Gouda and uh, a nice blue cheese. It was really nice, blue, nice cheese. blue cheese. It wasn't a bad Gouda either. Not really a Gouda fan generally. But that was a nice Gouda. Yeah, because usually Gouda is too buttery for me. But that was that was about right. Yeah. Uh, we had two kinds of goat cheese. Yes. But we voted for the blue cheese. We did vote for the blue cheese. Yeah. Yeah. I can't uh, remember the names. I can't either. Uh, and then we had two kinds of coaches. We had the Chevron, which we bought some, and the Humboldt. Humboldt Fog. But we bought the Chevron. Yeah. Uh, we tried a Canadian cheddar, which is a four-year-old cheddar. It was it's a pretty nice cheddar, nice you know. Cheddar, yeah. uh, we tend to like aged cheeses. Like we'll go up to Frankenmuth every once in a while, which is a city in Michigan that I've never heard of, but it just know it exists. And they have cheese, and they have like eleven-year-old cheddar. And 11-year-old cheddar is really nice. I, I really like that really strong cheddar. Um, I was kind of disappointed that they didn't have any Limburger. Because I've always kind of wanted to try Limburger cheese. But not so much where I'd want to like pay money for it. Like buy a chunk of it and then be disappointed. You know, it's kind of like... Uh, what's that fruit, Mary? The one that oh, yeah. uh, smells like raw sewage but is tastes like custard. Durian, yeah. Yeah, if you hear something in the background that's... Claws playing with his toy. That, that's her cat, yeah. He's, he's very happy with that toy. He is. Usually we buy them toys, they just kind of stare at it and just, you know, continue to play with, you know... Toilet paper rolls. <laughs> the, the tubes from the roll. Yeah, okay, the tubes. So, that was our attempt to go to a cheese tasting. We did taste some cheeses. Yeah. But, it was, it was kind of funny because we were worried, like, boy, we're not really dressed up. For this, I mean, we bunch of fancy people here. No, it was just like a, 
Regular store, shop. It was just customers. Yeah. Uh, so what have we been working on today, Mary? The Horse and Musket scenario book. Yeah, that's you've gone through like about a dozen-ish of those? Yeah. Yeah. Twelve out of the twenty scenarios. Yep. So that's what Mary's been doing. And I've been working on the counters for uh, Charlemagne, Master of Europe. Uh, the playtest counters. Uh, I like laying out counters. I'm not a big fan of laying out playtest counters. Most of the time I just kind of write them out with a pen. Uh, I like laying out counters, but the finished counters, but the finished art. Uh, just it's very soothing and a uh, nice way to eat up time. Whereas doing the playtest counters, like, I know I'm going to do this over again. So it's just kind of a chore sometimes. But I got through it today. And uh, we'll get those cut out and yeah, assembled. Yeah, i have to take care of those. Well, we'll yeah. I'll get married again. You guys probably saw on Facebook uh, me trying to cut out playtest counters. And my cutting is not, I shouldn't be allowed near scissors. No, I, I tell him not to touch it. I'll do it. But, you know, occasionally he gets ahead of himself. He uh, wants some. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I, yeah. I can do this. I'm an adult. Oh. <laughs> nope. Um, so I should be testing that. And then probably tomorrow or the next day. And that's uh, really exciting because I think people have been have really enjoyed our Agricola game, Master of Britain, and they've said, you know, we want more like this, and so we're doing more like this. And Agricola Master of Europe is more like that. Um, Agricola Master of Europe? Ah, Charlemagne Master of Europe uh, is 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 similar to Agricola Master of Britain. Use the same cup adjustment system, a lot of the same mechanics. Now, some of the stuff is different. Uh, it's a bigger game played on a on a map that's twice as large, uh, with, uh, if you're familiar with Agricola, it had four regions, this had six regions. Uh, you also have different foreign powers to deal with, the Byzantine Empire, uh, Muslim Spain, uh, England, you gotta worry about if the Pope likes what you're doing or not. And so there's, uh, and also there's a little bit of uh, intrigue with people trying to overthrow you, in addition to just putting down rebellions and, uh, you know, subjugating peoples, all that kind of fun stuff. So uh, I think people are going to really enjoy it. One of the really cool things about it uh, is that uh, the way the turn ends is different. Because in Agricola, you know, you had these basically five actions per turn, five legion actions and num any number of free leader actions. Uh, so you basically had a limit of... Uh, what's 5 plus 7 plus 3? 5 times 7 plus 3 is 38? You have, you have 38 actions total that you could do. You don't have that limit in this case because it's representing a much longer period of time. Charlemagne ruled for some 40 years. So what we have in the Hostile Cup, which is the cup you draw from, we have these turn-end chits. And you draw a turn-end chit, then you know that turn ends. So it provides some kind of variability there. Um, and lets you do more actions, sometimes, sometimes less actions, and as the game progresses and Charlemagne gets older, you get more of these jets put into the cup, which means it's more likely the turns can end quicker. So it's, I'm really excited about it, and I think you're all going to like it, so we're going to be testing that and probably talking about that uh, over the next, you know, few weeks. Uh, now, the thing that's happening next week, we have a game coming out, don't we, Mary? We sure do. What's that game? Supply Lines. Supply, what's, the, what's the full title? Supply Lines of the American Revolution. 
the Northern Theater, 1775 to 1777. That's You're going to make me take it's, the it's whole a great, thing. It's now. a great title. Uh, actually, a lot of people are, are kind of like, that title. But the, the way we look at the title, I you like know, I, well, I like it too. But it also tells you what the game is and what it's about. But I wouldn't want someone to, to buy the game expecting something that wasn't like this kind of nerdy supply game. If you came in expecting something different and then it's all about supplies all the time, you're going to be a little PO'd. So our thing was just kind of front load that, let you know exactly what it is. It does exactly what it says on the tin. Supply lines of the American Revolution. The Northern Theater says he's 75, 77. I want a 10. Okay, we'll work on getting a 10. Um, interestingly enough, um, I got a message on Board Game Geek from someone over, over this weekend about supply lines. They looked at the map and they had a question about the uh, the particular points on the map and the connections on the map and they felt that there were certain connections that uh, were missing. And, you know, if the game was like a strict historical simulation, I, I would say, yeah, you know, we need all these connections, we need all these points. But it's a very kind of abstract game in a lot of ways. It really focuses on the broad strokes and focuses on the supply. And it's almost kind of an abstract game themed on the American Revolution in some ways. So, in the end, I felt, you know, rather than try to incorporate that, uh, you know, uh, that, that greater degree of granularity, I thought, well, we'll just kind of leave it as it is, basically. Because really, each game has different demands as far as historicity is concerned. You have some games where you need a lot of detail to really capture the essence of what you're trying to say about that conflict, and other games where you need a lot less detail. Um, you know, if I'm doing like a battle game, I want to have... You know, for the scale of, of the game, I want to have a fair amount of detail, uh, you know, whatever is appropriate for that scale. When we did Blood in the Fog, our game on the Battle of Increment, uh, there was, uh, on the original map, there was a road there, and it turns out it wasn't a road. And it was our, our map artist, uh, Ilya, who told us it wasn't a road. So he got, got some old maps uh, of the area. And said, you know, this thing that you think is a road... It's a drainage ditch. It's a drainage ditch. And so, you know, historically, the historicity of the game for that level, that kind of battle game, having that drainage ditch be a road would have been a really glaring uh, error. So we're glad he caught that and that he, you know, reads Russian. Because <laughs> I, I said, oh, it's, it's, it's a road. Um, and actually, it kind of made sense because that road... that you know, quote-unquote road, never got used in the game. It was kind of like a road I just ignored whenever I was a Russian player. You know. Uh, and we, we played that game a lot, and I, I never really felt the desire to use that road. So finding out it wasn't really a road, I mean, that made a lot of sense. I don't think I ever used it. No. But, I mean, you didn't do much... I didn't of, play the Russians. I no. only played the good guys. <laughs> One thing that's great about Mary playing is that she always wants to play the good guys. And it's, you know, uh, when we test supply lines, always want to play good when we test the supply lines, you were always the Americans. Uh, I kept breaking your game, though. Yeah, you did. Um, I broke it numerous times. 
Blood in the Fog, you, you always wanted to play uh, the Allies. Um, same thing with um, Alma. I liked playing um, the Allies, and, and I really enjoyed my little picket. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, when, we were, when we were playing uh, Blood in the Fog, so there are picket units. And Mary had one particular picket in one particular gang. Who, who took on the entire Russian army all by himself. Basically, like, the roles just kept going her way. I could not get rid of it. And I was kind of... At a certain point, even though the picket is worth nothing, the picket gives me no points. <laughs> it does not further any strategic goal. But I was like, no, I'm going to get that guy. And... Yeah, I, he, he turned his army right towards the picket. And, and I, wow. and, and I didn't. Do, she just kept shrugging it off. It was, it was, uh, or I kept failing the morale check. It was, uh, yeah, you, you, it was fun. You did. And we almost put a counter in the game called Mary's Picket. Yeah. I think she's still a little mad at me that I didn't yeah, do I'm that. Yeah, I'm still mad at you. Okay. Well, in that case, we we better call it a uh, a show there. Okay. Okay. See you later, guys. Or, Bye. Or hear you later. Or you'll hear us. Wh whichever. <laughs>